Welcome to the My Gastric Sleeve Podcast with your host, Nima Karazi. Nima is just a regular guy who had the gastric sleeve surgery, and this is his story. He is not a doctor. This podcast is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have medical questions, ask your doctor. Now let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the My Gastric Sleeve Podcast. I'm your host, Nima Karazi, and this is my journey. I am stoked. Now, I know I say I am stoked at the top of every episode, but you know what? Maybe I'm just a dude that's stoked all the time. But regardless, I am stoked. I have Rob Demedio here with me. We are going to talk about all kinds of cool shit. It is awesome. It is incredible. He is known as My Weight is History. And uh, that's his handle on Instagram. He is the founder of Busy Bariatrics. We're going to get into all that stuff. We're going to talk about all the cool things. So, Rob, please take it away. Let us know all the things. Welcome to my gastric sleeve podcast. I appreciate you. I love you. Let's get into it. How's you? How's your day? How are you doing? What's going on? It's mutual man love, Nima. Uh, it's just good to see a dude with a podcast in the bariatric community. So it, it, <laughs> you reached out to me. I'm like, yes, I volunteers Tribune. Whatever you need, I got you, my man. A um, little bit about me. I had bariatric surgery in uh, 2020. I treat my uh, sleep date just like President's Day. It's not a real date to me. It's the Monday after Father's Day. So I kind of like Aww. treat that as how, I, yeah, I know. It's kind of like my whole deal in Shabazz on that. So um, before that, I was 365 pounds, um, kind of just a lot of your typical, um, I worked a high stress job. I was drinking. I was eating to self-soothe and retail therapy. That got me to my highest weight of 365 pounds, over six figures of debt, and essentially going to my pulmonologist and him saying like, hey, you gain like 20 pounds every year. I see you, you're burning out your CPAP machine. And in true fat man fashion, I said, okay, let's just get the next size up. And he's like, no, you don't understand. Like you're at a medical grade CPAP. There's not a next size up. You're burning it out. We can't really sustain you on a CPAP. And I'm like, Oh, what does that mean? And they're like, well, that means you, there is a chance you can you die in your sleep, even with the CPAP on. And I was like, oh, you mean like uh, when I'm 60 or 70 years old, I'll, I'll die of sleep apnea. <laughs> they're like, no, you're getting close now. And it was one of those things that I realized, like, oh, my God, like I may die from this. Yeah. Uh, I got to make some changes. So. True fashion, it's summertime. I like sprint down to the basement that you see me. Uh, my wife's like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, going to go do work. I'm a teacher, so there is nothing to do in July. Um, <laughs> so she knows something's up. And I literally Google what's the quickest way to lose weight fat fast. And after going through like three or four pages of uh, detox teas, weight loss pills, girdles, <laughs> trash bags that I'm going to wear as underpants, um, pills that go in the outside and out the inside and everything else <laughs> and then some, um, bariatric surgery was like the 15th click. And it was one of those things that I went to see my primary care physician uh, and I said, I think I need to get bariatric surgery. And he's like, I actually recommended this to you last year. Uh, <laughs> You didn't listen and you listened so poorly that I still have the slip that I kept in your file from the last time I saw you. And I was like, oh, well, which just shows how much we listen when we want to and when we choose to make changes (laughs) the best time. So got the surgery, um, scheduled everything. It took like six months to get my appointment. I lost 50 pounds in those six months when everyone asked me what was the mat. Yeah, just from like tracking, starting to have a step goal. When everyone asked, like, what's the secret to losing that first 15 pounds? It was pretty depressing. I had to tell people I went from eating four slices of pizza in between lunch and dinner. Yeah. Like, not, not like for lunch and dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have lunch. I would get four slices of pizza in between yeah. lunch and dinner but before I picked my kids up from school. And then I would have dinner. So it wasn't even that I cut that meal out. I went from four slices of pizza to two. To right. Oh, yeah, 50. yeah. So it's like, you know, no one's writing the weight loss book on that, like how to go from four slices to two, but like small incremental portion changes uh, helped lead the way. And then bariatric surgery got me my last hundred pounds. So that's uh, that's like my origin story in how long we've been recording, like five minutes. Yeah, less. Yeah, there we go. So you 
lost 50 pounds before the surgery. Yeah. And then you lost another 100 pounds after the surgery? Correct, yeah. So you're... So you're at, so because of math, then you're at yes. like two fifteen. So I was at two fifteen, and then I started a muscle building phase. So right now I'm actually nice. up to two fifty. But from two fifteen to two fifty, I've only gained two percent body fat. Oh, nice, cool. So like we we've been doing. I've been working with a registered dietitian, Kim, active bariatric on Instagram. Uh, we nice. got very intentional in the last six months of let's put on muscle and size and get everything because at two fifteen yeah. I kind of looked like a greyhound. Uh, like you could literally <laughs> pick me up by my neck and my back skin and just yeah, shake yeah. me around, and there was nothing weighting me down uh, yeah, yeah. when we go. Like a stiff breeze would have knocked me over. So. It's been fun. I've been back to lifting weights, get putting muscle on, um, eating relatively balanced, but still finding ways to have some fun foods, but definitely in like a good moderation and a really good place mentally uh, three years out. That's awesome. And that, so overall, I know this is this seems like such a silly question because people ask me this all the time. But No such thing. I'm a teacher and I promise you <laughs> I can share a notepad of some of the dumbest things I've heard over the years. <laughs> that should be – you should actually write a book. Yes, about, why do you think I keep a notepad of things I've had asked me in 10, yeah. 15 years of public education? The myth of there's no such thing as a as a dumb question. That's no, funny. there always is. There yeah, always yeah. Is. But how do you feel now compared to how you felt when you were fat? Oh my do God. you say fat? Hold on, I got to confirm. I, because I, I talked agree. to Kelly and... Mel and they they were like we don't use the f word and I was like I say fuck all the time (laughs) we say fuck we just don't say fat yeah I say fat I say obese um yeah I was fat like at the end of the day I was fat like yeah fat 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 like (laughs) for those of you scoring at home you're blackout drunk but um (laughs) uh essentially for me it was like my life was terrible like there were small things like it was a project to like tie my shoes. Like oh, I would yeah. go out of my way to find slip-ons just because I didn't oh, feel God. like trying to get down or do it. Like I used to give my kids a dollar. If something rolled under the bed, I would oh. give them a dollar to get it rather than get down. And I think one of the best moments ever was just coming home from uh, Costco. And I bent over without like kneeling and just yeah. tied my shoe and got up and was like, Holy shit. I can't believe I did that. Um, <laughs> And it's it's like small wins like that that just like make my life well. I'm back from vacation. Uh, what was that last week? Yeah, last week I was on vacation. I'm a teacher in the summertime, so like every day blends together. <laughs> you will never see a happier, less stressed person than a teacher in the summertime. But, um, like I, I was on the beach like five days a week with my shirt off for hours on end and did not care. And that did not happen when I was 15. That did not yeah. happen when I was 25. It No, it didn't happen at 35 because I had surgery at 36. So it's it's like small things like that where like I'm just I'm I'm at the happiest I've ever been. I'm at the balance I've ever been. Uh you know, and I'm really just taking the approach of every day is a blessing because when you're told that there's a chance that you're going to die from your obesity, yeah. Uh, I really took the approach that this is a life-changing procedure and I'm going to change my life uh, through it. So That's amazing to me that – see, those – the little things uh, – I did a – I had uh, Allison and Courtney on uh, a while ago and Courtney was talking about there's these little moments, these little glimpses into our, our secret fat lives, which that would make a great fucking podcast, by the way. Our secret fat life would absolutely. Our secret that's, fat that's life. That's a title. I might have <laughs> to take. Actually, be a TV show and everything. But mm-hmm. she was saying how like she would walk up the stairs to go to work in the morning. Like there wasn't an elevator or anything, so she had to go up these like one flight of stairs. And then she would be so winded, she would like sneak into like a side conference room and then hide in there while she like caught her breath. And then she would walk out and go to work. And I was like. And she said it's like so flippantly, like she was just, or in passing. I don't know if I'm using the word flippant right. She she said it in passing, like so nonchalantly that it was like, wait, 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 hold on. I need you to like really talk about this because this is like a, like a real thing that fat people do that you, that 
that you don't notice because we're we're good about it. And like the four slices between food or I think somebody else was talking about like sneaking cookies and like, oh, oh, you know, I think it was, uh, I think it was Mel was talking about sneaking cookies and the way that she talked about it was like reminded me of the way I used to eat cookies. It was just like, you go to a party, there's like a, there's like a plate of cookies and then you like, you eat, you take one cookie and you eat it by the, by the plate of cookies. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, oh, this is really good. And then you go, like, you go talk to some other people, or whatever. You come back, you grab a cookie and a napkin, and you're like, and you like, you gesture like, this is a really good cookie. And you put that in your pocket, and you grab another cookie with your hand, and then you walk away. Now you got two cookies. Looks oh, yeah. like you only got one. And then the next time you can grab like two cookies and napkins, put those in your pocket, one cookie in your mouth when you're walking away. And to everyone at the party, you had three cookies. And in See, your head, they're still calling you a fat ass, but they don't know you had six cookies. Oh, yeah. Like, there, there's two things. So my cookie playlist is uh, you can always get that first cookie and nobody judges. Right. And here, here's where you went wrong. That's an amateur move getting <laughs> one cookie. They're, al- they're already judging you. Go two cookies on the first one. Because oh, here's okay. the thing. They're going to assume you're going to eat like five cookies. So like if you only get two on the first one, this is the mental game I could play at 365 yeah, yeah, yeah. pounds. Get two cookies right off the jump. And then you wait five to ten minutes. You do a lap. And then when you come back the second time, yeah. that's when you act like you've never seen a cookie before in your life. <laughs> what is this? Oh, my goodness. This is amazing. Chocolate and a cookie? Who would have thought? And then you take a second one as you're eating that of this is really good. So you get four right off the rip. Okay. Then on the way out, you just swipe. And that's like the you're leaving the party and you get like three more and you just go in there. So you can really like set a goal, reach a goal, three, five. (laughs) You can get seven cookies. And like, here's the thing. Like in your mind, you think like, oh, nobody's judging you. Uh, But in reality, like everyone judges me when like I had to check what furniture I could sit in. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I've broken enough chairs over my days that oh, it Rob. became, yeah. Man, yeah. that was my, I never did that, but that was, like, my biggest fear as a fatter person, which was just, dude, like, dude. if I break this fucking chair. I keep I scared the living daylights out of me. I couldn't Who, assemble Where were you? I'm stuck at, at anywhere. It doesn't matter where I am. Uh, I you, you always check the furniture. Um, yeah, yeah. My grandmother, who's the most loving woman ever, she's 93 years old and she weighs 92 pounds. So she officially, <laughs> she's old. Well, she, she's like your typical little Italian lady. Like, yeah. she would give you the whole, like, she wouldn't let me in the good furniture at dinner. Like, she would bring out a folding chair for me because she <laughs> oh, was worried no. it would break. But then she'd also be like, why are you only eating two plates? I'm like, normal people eat one plate. Yeah, I've yeah. eaten two out of politeness. Like, she was that person, like, Rob, you got to lose weight. Why are you only having meatballs and no lasagna? like yeah 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 um, um, how do you think this works so how is she she's still with us oh yeah she's still with us I'm, I'm gonna see her this weekend she was like the original internet troll like when i got bariatric surgery yeah she was good for comments like she wouldn't answer the door for me because it was in the middle of the pandemic when i got surgery so oh, i yeah. didn't see her for like four or five months so she's that typical old lady who lives in a townhouse and checks the peephole before she opens the door nice so I knocked to like go see her when we're finally out at like, I want to say November, like one of those points where because she's elderly, I didn't want to see her. God forbid I had anything. Oh yeah. You're just, you're being super safe. It was 2020. Of course. So she doesn't let me into the house the first time I go in and um, she's like, who is it? I'm like, it's Robert. She's like, that's not Robert. She lets it get in. And she's like, so I have a mask and I'm completely thinner she goes, look, I didn't recognize you. And I was like, yeah, it's okay, my mom, it happened. She's like, no, not because like I'm delirious or getting old, but your face isn't as fat as it used to be. And I'm like, Atta oh, girl. thank you, mom. Yeah, great compliment there. Atta girl. And she's like, no, you know, because your face was so much more rounder. I'm like, yes, I understand how a fat face works, mama. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, no, but it's it was fat before, and now it's not as fat. Like, she yeah, didn't yeah. Even say it looked good. It was not as No, fat no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're less fat. Yeah, you're not skinny. Don't be ridiculous. Exactly. Now, would you like a sandwich? I'm like, I'm literally fighting tooth and nail to get out of this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. I had a a situation. Well, I, well, I, well, no, hold on. I did have a situation like that. I had uh, gained a bunch of weight and it was at a 
cousin's wedding and uh, I hadn't seen my family in a while because the bigger I got, the more my family feels like, like you're Italian, I'm Iranian. So we're very like cousins. I assume we're just the same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family oriented, food oriented, history, yeah. hate the Greeks. Yeah, same shit. Exactly. Yeah. So- <laughs> wow, three for three. Who would have thought? <laughs> so- Some things don't change. No, oh, right, yeah. And so I you know Alexander the Great, we refer to him as Alexander the meh. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, we're like the puff diddy to Alexander the Great as the Romans. Like it's like, oh, we're gonna take all your stuff and then we're gonna claim it as ours. Yeah. Change the name on it, that like nothing happened. What's that, God? Yeah, we'll change the name. Yeah. We got you. So so I'm at this wedding and I haven't seen my family in a minute, and uh this, you know. One cousin comes over and he's like, hey, look at you, huh? It's so healthy. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. I'm like, I haven't even eaten anything yet. You don't even know how healthy I eat. So I totally didn't get it. Second cousin comes up. Oh, hey, man, haven't seen you in a minute. That suit's looking a little tight on you. And I'm like, yeah, I guess, you know, I could have bought a bigger nice. suit or something. Yeah. Nice. no, <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Also, yes, just a little uh, public service an- announcement here. Uh, if you, if a person can't change the thing you're going to talk shit about within five minutes of you telling them, don't tell them. Like if someone's eyeliner is fucked up and you go, Hey, fix your eyeliner. They can go fix their eyeliner in five minutes. But if you're like, Hey, your suit looks like shit. They can't change their suit in five minutes. So just keep that opinion to your goddamn self. Well, it's also one like the person who tells you that your suit doesn't fit right is also that same person that if you had toilet paper on your shoe or something in your teeth, they're never going to tell you that. No, no. Yeah, no. That's usually if you do one of those two things, you're now on my like X list where it's like, okay, I'm kind of done like spending time and talking. (laughs) So then by like the third iteration of this, someone came over to me. It wasn't even a cousin this time. It was like some family friend's dad. And he comes over and he's like. We have a phrase in in Persian. We have a lot of beautiful poetic ways of saying that someone's fat. You know, you've you've turned into the sun or uh, like the opposite of the moon, and you uh, you look very happy. Um, see, see, that's the exact opposite of Italians who just say you got fat. Yeah, yeah, you're straightforward about it. I get like, it. Oof. <laughs> and it's like that oof, and they just for all of you who are listening to the podcast i'm waving my arms and making my face as big as possible and that's yeah. like oh rob oof, what you doing it's like oh yes i know <laughs> that as if i wasn't aware that i've gained weight since the last time i saw you yeah all fat people know we're fat uh mm-hmm. before you know we're fat we know all the things so you don't it's not not necessarily <laughs> we also know how much fatter we were since the last time yeah, we saw yeah. everything else there which That's always amazes true. me like i have one cousin who was like oh rob how much you weigh now and i'm like you know i'd be like ah, th-. and you always take 15 pounds off oh too. for sure i'm like yeah you know like 350 and uh this is like a cousin i only see for we do like our family christmas eve dinner nice so it is but it isn't it's like you have to mentally tell yourself i only have to see half these people one day a year but then it's also <laughs> like okay, we got that done. Like the fiscal year is now officially over. I can move on to the next one. Um, but I have the one cousin, like, Rob, how, how big are you now? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, like 350. He's like, have you have you tried lifting weights? I'm like, yes, I lift weights. Like it doesn't make you lose weight. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you, you just, have you tried not eating so much? I'm like, oh, hold up. Let me get a pen and paper to get this down, Vince. <laughs> this like, is amazing, Dr. Tell me more. Oh, yeah. So the best is like we hit this golden age, like 2019. It's Christmas. I see him. I'm 365 pounds. 2020 happens. We don't have Christmas Eve because of the pandemic. Right. 2021, I'm down to like 210. Nice. And I'm like, I'm going to troll this dude because yeah, like yeah. he doesn't even start with like, hey, how are you? It's like, oh, my God, how much do you weigh? So he literally comes up to me, barely recognizes me. It's like, oh, my goodness, how much do you weigh now? And I'm like 375. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah. It's all muscle now. Look what all those weights lifted to do. Nice. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, just got to lift the weights and look. Now I'm 375. And he's like, there's no way you're 375. I'm like, what does it matter? You you don't even have a normal social cue. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Just leave yeah. me alone. Did you tell everybody 
about the surgery off the bat or did yeah, you accept that cousin because i only yeah. see it once a year and <laughs> i intentionally i intentionally saved it because like this is a guy for the last decade opens up with like how much do you weigh now like not even yeah, like, yeah. Hey, how you doing it's like i have to step on a scale to go to christmas eve dinner and then it's like oh by the way we're gonna sit through a seven course dinner together like <laughs> i have to act like i've never said like nothing for me on plate number three at 350 pounds I uh it's really interesting because I I went out to dinner last night with a friend of mine I hadn't seen in a while and the last time I saw him was uh before my surgery but before I had gotten to like the highest weight that I was at so I was maybe like I don't know 3 and a quarter and yeah. now I'm like 2 and 3 quarters so like it it's not that significant of a difference and being a bald dude with a beard, you you kind of just look the same. I I call it my uh, my Patrick Stewart uh, move is that Patrick Stewart was like thirty something when he played Jean Luc Picard, and they just kind of made him look kind of really? old. I don't know. This is the beauty this is, this of is me, Rob. I just make shit up, but you say it with enough confidence. Throw in a maybe or a round, and that covers your ass enough. Yo, you, you could be a history teacher. That's essentially like you just have to deliver information <laughs> in a point blank phrase. Don't tempt me with phones. a good time. I oh, would yeah. love to be a teacher. I, I commend you so much on doing that. How long have you been a teacher? Tell me that. 16 years. 16 years. Jesus yeah. wept. 16 Still years. Still 10 years Philly public too. That's amazing. Do you live in Philadelphia or you, you're in upstate New York, right? No, I'm your I'm your typical Jersey dude who claims Philadelphia as their hometown, but lives in South Jersey. So like I'm 10 minutes outside. Uh, oh. The train actually runs to go into Philly, like right across from our house. So but where, works. where do you work? What's what? Oh, you don't have to tell me the school name, but what what state do you teach it? Oh, I teach in Jersey now, but I started in Philly public. So wow, I moved on up. <laughs> as they say that's awesome and you teach history mm -hmm. yeah so us1 us2 i get all the greatest hits of america um you know and it, it's it's nice so it, it's it's a cool job like you get to really teach kids how history repeats itself the patterns that are in i'm real big on like digital literacy so like i teach my kids how to like use canva and oh, podcast yeah. and record so it's like it, I, I have fun with it. And ki kids are actually like I'm very blessed, whether I was in Philly public or uh, where I'm at now. Like if you build relationships with kids and just talk to them, they will do like whatever you ask them to do in the best way possible. So like yeah. our kids work on projects. Uh, we can have roundtable discussion. Like I, I enjoy going to work every day. I will say that. That's priceless, man. Yeah, that is so cool. I remember. I, we had a, did we have a history teacher that was, but there was a bunch of different, like we, we kind of had like history slash like social studies in high school. Yes. So it was like, just like, it was like an anthropology and like government study of human beings. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, this is in like freshman year of high school. And he goes, I remember he said this and then I immediately made it like poetic, but he was like ESP economic social political that's the mm -hmm. only reason why anybody does anything in the world it's either for economics yeah. like for money or it's for social for like you status. know external approval status and then or it's political for yeah. gain mm -hmm. and i was like oh that's amazing and then i went home and i thought about it and i was like love or money that's what it yeah. breaks down to you either I go with go tell me I what's yours i go with healthy wealthy or uh frisky we'll say for the third one okay, is essentially like if it doesn't bring you something close to your health, if it doesn't bring you something close to your wealth, or if it doesn't bring you joy, um, you know, that, that's really why you should have anything in your life. But yeah, the reason yeah. it does anything is what's in it for me. And the sooner you teach <laughs> kids that the sooner, like it, they're going to learn it one way or another. So the sooner oh, you address sure. the elephant in the room and just be like, yo, like look at it this way. Like look at bariatric surgery for me. I'm saving money because I'm eating less. I went from eating 750 a month fast casual that I was sneaking from my wife and kids. Yeah. So I'm saving 750 a month. Um, politically, I hate to say it, people treat you differently after bariatric surgery. 
Okay. Like I get, I get respected more. People talk to me more. They're more bubbly. I, I just, I notice it on that. And then, you know, from a political standpoint, it's like, I feel like I'm given a lot more respect because I'm physically fit now than when I was, when I was obese. So yeah, kind of comes full circle. It's a, it is a really strange thing that happens when like I used to go to cigar lounges a bunch and you you start looking for the other big dude in the room, you know, mm-hmm. where you're like, I'm, I'm the biggest dude in this room and I'm going to be. Yeah. But I'm going to find the next biggest dude in this room and we're going to make eye contact in case anything happens. We're like on the same play page here. And I remember at 410, I was asking these dudes and I'm like, oh, man, I'm I'm so unhealthy and I'm so big right now and I, I got to lose some weight. I got to do something. And they're like, yeah, you don't look that big. And I was like, how big do – and because my head is small, my face isn't, like, so big. Uh, and I wear, like, super baggy clothes. Yeah. It, it, relative to my clothes, I look, like, not a huge guy. I would, No one would ever say, like, he's not – We carry not, it well. Yeah, I carry it well. Thank you. Yeah. So I said uh, – I was asking these guys in the cigar lounge, and I was like, how, like, what do you think I weigh? And then one of the guys is like – I. I bet you're about shit two eighty, and I was like, oh, "God bless you." <laughs> and this other guy's like, "I th- I think you're probably about three hundred. And I was like, well, "I appreciate you." And then I asked the big guy, "I was like, hey, I go, you you're familiar, <laughs> you're more familiar than these dudes are. How big do you think?" And he said, "Roll up your pant leg," because he oh. wanted to see. Yeah, and I was I, like, he, "All he right, would, he would pull on calf with you." <laughs> so he took a look at those, and he was like. I'd say 350. And I was like 410. And they That was your highest? That was my highest. And oh I'm telling God. you, Rob, <laughs> I love I love this phrase. I wish we had little phrases like this in Farsi, but uh I love this phrase so much. It got so quiet you could hear a mouse pissing on cotton. Yeah. Oh yep. what a fucking phrase. God bless. As much shit as I talk about this language. And as difficult as English is for a non-English native speaker, mm-hmm. I'll tell you the fucking coolest little idioms and proverbs, 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 yeah. and uh, little sayings and shit. Oh my god, I love that shit so much. It's easily my favorite. But yeah, but they were, and I and I always used to say my weight fast because I didn't want to be like, uh, actually, you know, it feels like you're kind of trying to make some shit up. You cough it like, out. It's like three sixty five. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, or or just you turn away and don't make out. I say how much? Ah, you know, three sixty five, and you just like trail off and look. Yeah, to yeah. Nobody is literally hearing you. But I had a family member one time who was also a fat guy, who mm-hmm. was telling me, you know what, you got to do. And I'm telling you, man, it was the. I mean, I also didn't like this dude. Like that. That's the other thing is like I had friends of mine that came to me and they were like, "We care about you. We're worried about you. This and this." And I was like, "I that means a lot to me. I appreciate you. Thank you." But then I had this dude who was like, "You know what? You need to do. You need to like eat." I have a coworker who has like oats and uh, chia seeds and uh, uh, fucking flaxseed in the morning with hot water and he just makes this like gruel essentially and he eats that throughout the day and at nighttime he has a salad and then water and he just drinks water and then that's it and then he does that oh it's fucking this uh, this sounds like a third world jail cell like what the fuck are you talking about and he's like and he exercises all he had to do was steal from a marketplace (laughs) he's got one hand so they took his good hand so he oh, eats yeah. slower now with the left hand, exactly. and it's gruel, and he hates his life. <laughs> but yeah. he's so skinny, bro. You wouldn't believe. So <laughs> and he's telling, he's telling me, he's like, "Yo, you got to do this and this." And I was, and his, and God bless his wife was sitting right next to him, and she was like, she kept looking at him and going, "Are you doing this? Are you going to do this diet?" And he's like, "I'm not that big." And she's like, "You're bigger than you think you are." And yeah. he just kept talking, talking all this shit. And I just at some point you just go, oh yeah, okay, great, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'll remember this. Don't worry, don't you worry. So he fucked off, and I started 
cursing up a storm to my grandfather in Farsi, like, this motherfucking dumbass piece of shit is telling me his fucking fatter ass than me is telling me how the fuck I'm supposed to lose it. Who the fuck does he think he is? And I'm like, and the fucking sliding glass door is open mm-hmm. and they're just walking to their car. And then uh, he walks back and I was like, gulp. And he goes, uh, uh, he walks over to like the screen that's open and he goes, I left my uh, like keys on the counter. And I was like, I'll get those for you right now. And I gave him his keys. He's like, thank you so much. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And then he went to the car and I was like, whew. My grandfather and I just had a little chuckle about it. But he hasn't seen me since the surgery. So he saw me at like four. And now I'm at like, you know, 275 or whatever I am. That's awesome. And so I haven't. I, I have, and I obviously I told everybody about the thing, but I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the rob move, right? I'm gonna rob him, and I'm gonna say to, when he sees me, he's gonna go, "Oh my god, you look great! What did you do?" And I'm like, "Remember that gruel recipe? Yeah. Chia seeds, flax seeds, oatmeal, brother, it fucking works." Eat nothing but chia seeds. <laughs> That's it, dude. Chia diet. Let's go. I don't have actually internal yeah. organs anymore. I just it's just a yes. giant chia pet inside me that I just exactly. water every day. That's it. Exactly. Yeah, you're good. But yeah, it's, <laughs> that's always the good thing, too. I, I also like the family members who, um, like, right after I had bariatric surgery, I had a cousin who straight up just showed up, like, the second day, like, day two out of it, like, to check in on me. And he's like, you're still fat. I'm like, they don't suck it out of me. <laughs> They cook my stomach. It's going to take a little bit of time for this thing. Like, literally, day, talk about, like, comparison game and everything. They're Fuck like, you. They overlooked at me and was like, yo, you're still fat. I'm like, yeah, no, I just got out of the hospital. I still have sutures. Like, I'm pulling up like I'm 50 it's cent. Not, like, I have sutures, man. It's not liposuction, asshole. No. Let me just fucking send you the article. One literal Google search would have oh fixed this conversation. Oh, my God. God bless him. That's so here's brilliant. So He's like, well, he wanted to come to go for a walk for me to help me like stay in shape. I outwalked him. He couldn't make it. It was like, June. he's like, he's like, you do this every day. I'm like, yes. And just because I was overweight didn't mean I couldn't like move my body or like try to oh, work yeah. out. It's I'm still in better shape than you. You just happen to be skinny fat, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember I, I even even when I was really big, I was I played tennis with my cousin who I mean, he was young at the time. He was, I don't know, probably like 12 or 14 or something. But, you know, he's a, always been like a real skinny kid and like really good at tennis. And his dad, my uncle, is like really, really good at tennis. And so, you know, shout out to Hayden. And so we're, we're sitting there and we're, we're, we're playing. And at the end of the game, he got real upset that I that I won. And he and I was like, "Why are you upset?" And he's like, "You won." And I'm like, "Well, why would that upset you?" I know what he. I know why he's upset. I want him to say it. Exactly why he's chat. And I go, "What?" But why does that upset you? And he goes, "Cause you're fat." And I was like, "I was, I was such a dick in that moment because I could have been like, listen, kid, you know, it's not always about the weight, and sometimes it's about the skills, and I have more skills than you, and because I was like, I could have said this whole speech of like, you know, I." At being a fat tennis player, you learn more trick shots and you learn more angles and you have a little bit more control because you have to kind of you compensate. So then because of that, you kind of I could have said all that shit. And instead, I just went like totally down the wrong path. And I was like, your dad's fat, asshole. And he'll kick both Ow. our asses at the same time. Yeah, Ow. I just threw my uncle right under the bus. Man. But it's OK. He doesn't listen to this podcast. He doesn't know I'm talking about him. Exactly. Well, it's it's funny because like when I would be invited to play sports when I was bigger, it's like they, they invite you because you're like the Washington generals to their Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> it's like, yo, we're going to dunk on Rob for like two hours. We would go play pickleball and I would get smoked. And then like after two years of like consistently playing and getting in shape and literally started playing at like 300 pounds and then got down to like 210 playing. Like I could move and I could win. Then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, it doesn't work on our schedule anymore. Right, like, oh, right. That's convenient. Like... Yeah, put Rob in the goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, we, it's fun to dunk on Rob, and then it's like they don't. I stopped getting invites after I started to do well. So <laughs> now, listen, you. I know we've been talking about all kinds of fun stuff, and I'm and I'm super stoked about all all of this. But you we've also literally covered nothing we were supposed. No, to no, no, no. Him. That's not no, true. That- because this is the good thing. We're just letting it ride. Like no, it's I. This is actually way more bariatric 
focused than uh, than normal because normally I, it, it just ends up talking about like so tell me about jersey <laughs> you know what i mean like instead of okay. we don't even talk about weight shit but tell me about busy bariatrics i want to know more about this yeah so it was um what was it that really spurred this whole thing on so like i really got after bariatric surgery I started tracking my food. I started uh, working out consistently. I started getting everything. And I realized, like, I would constantly get questions from people. Uh, like, how do I do this? How do I track this? What's the deal with this? Yeah. And um, I realized, like, maybe I got to get this all together or do something with it. And then um, I got nominated for Best Fitness uh, at Kelly and Mel's uh, the JBY Bariatric Awards. Nice. So I go as a presenter and I'm up against like, and I've met all three of these people before. Um, yeah. Like they're all bodybuilders. They're all the nicest people ever. <laughs> they're all, seriously, like all had bariatric surgery, like Rob, Dalton, and John all have like 30K, 50K, 250K accounts. I'm like, oh man, I'm already like the, we're going to bring it right back. I'm the Washington Generals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get dead last on this. And I somehow won. Whoa. And I was like, yeah, talk about like a Rocky story. Like they took an Italian guy from Philadelphia <laughs> with minimal education and and limited speaking skills. And they're like, let's give him a microphone and see how he does. Uh, and like I won and I was like, holy smokes. And everyone's like, well, what are you going to do next? And I'm like, I literally have no idea. I mean, go back to work, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I realized like there's a need in the bariatric community for fitness from fitness trainers who understand what it's like to be 365 pounds. Yeah. There's a need of someone who, when they're going over their macros or calculating or tracking everything out, understands that like, yeah, on paper I can eat like five ounces of protein, half a cup of vegetables, half a cup of rice, but that doesn't mean I don't have an addiction to Reese cups or that I don't struggle <laughs> with ice cream or you know, when the light on the Krispy Kreme is open, I don't like drive into it like, you know, an elderly person through a farmer's market. <laughs> so like for me, it was just I wanted to try to help the community in the best way I could. And it, it I got my certification for fitness and nutrition coaching, opened up shop. Uh, and that was in January. And, you know, right now I've got a good amount of clients. Um I think I've built a pretty good community of people who are all on the same page and are doing things uh, and are developing the habits that go for it. And a lot of it, yeah, it's the lifting. A lot of it's the macro tracking with me, but it's also just working on the habits and building action oh, items so that you do like small steps each day. Um, and it's stuff like my bariatric behavior goals, like sitting down to eat at every meal, um, chewing your food. Like, you know, it goes back to the four slices of pizza to two slices of pizza. So many times we think we have to do that Chris Hemsworth, like, I'm going to juggle kettlebells with my teeth. <laughs> then I'm going to I'm going to carry a tractor with between my butt cheeks and I'm going to run 50 yeah. yards uphill like backwards. The whole like, time I'm in a cold plunge with a sauna yeah. suit on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty sure that dude got electrocuted. But um, you know what I mean? Like, if you look at enough on the Internet, everything counteracts each other. So it's one of those of I really wanted to be able to help people make clear and present goals uh, so that we stay out of clear and present dangers after bariatric surgery. One of my yeah. favorite Harrison Ford movies. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it was really because I want to help people. And at the end of the day, like if this is a way that I can help with one-on-one -on -one coaching, with giving them a plan, with helping them build a lifestyle that's sustainable after bariatric yeah. surgery, I feel like that that's my one way I can contribute because one of the things I was so scared of, like, you know, when I think about it, I've never been to prison, but when I taught... <laughs> you had to think about that? Wait, wait for... Well, no, because I was thinking of how I wanted to phrase this. When I taught in Philly Public, one of the most rewarding things I did is I taught night school because they don't really pay teachers. So you have to teach school after school if you want to make extra money. <laughs> right. And I, I love teaching uh, night school in North Philly because you had a lot of dudes who straight up went to prison. Yeah. And it was like it was rewarding because here they are. They're older than me. They're out. They're trying to get their high school diploma. Um. And they, they cared. They were more passionate than the kids I sometimes... Like, I loved it because 
I would be like, man, you're you're like 45 and you're learning like US one and you're contributing, you're taking notes, you're doing like they were phenomenal students. And you know, a couple of them would be like, Yeah, there there's two types of dudes who go to jail. The ones who never want to go back, yeah. and the ones who are destined to go like almost want to go back <laughs> in that life. And the one dude's like, I fight every day to make sure I don't go back. And if that means I get my diploma so I can get a management job or take community credits, so be it. Yeah. And I think ob like that was such a powerful lesson for me. Like, cause when it comes to obesity, I think for a lot of us, it really comes down to like there's two there's only two types of bariatric patients after the surgery. There's those who have sworn to themselves that they are never going back. Right. And there's the ones who don't realize you can go back. Oh, for sure. And you know what I mean? And it really, it, it's that simple. Uh, like I wake up every morning and I was from a dude who credit card companies called me morning, noon, and night. I bounced checks. Like it was my <laughs> job when I, when I was heavy and the skills I learned from tracking my food, I went into tracking finances, but I had six figures of debt and was 365 pounds. And I wake up every morning and to promise myself, I am not going back to that lifestyle. I, I've gotten rid of all my credit card debt. I hop on the scale every day. I check my bank account every day. And by no means am I rich. I am still a public school teacher with a coach. <laughs> like, don't anyone think like this is how you get to six figures? This is how you get to a moderate, modest, like two, five figures salary. <laughs> like, slightly above the banker that I give my money to each week. Um, but the, <laughs> the point is, like, I'm just, I'm not going back. And it's one of those of, the more I can help other people make sure they don't go back, the more I can teach them that you had a life-changing procedure and you need to change your life, the better we all are. So I don't know if I answered any of your questions. You <laughs> but I sure did talk for a long time. No, you know what's, re what's really interesting to me is, is the journey of weight loss. And I, I used to say this a bunch before the surgery when people were like, is it difficult to lose weight? And I go, it's not difficult. I've lost hundreds of pounds in my life. I just yeah. gained it all back. And as my grandfather likes to say, plus the tax. But I don't, yeah, it, you are losing weight's easy. It's keeping it mm -hmm. off as a bitch. But the skills that we learn through having this surgery and having to track your food, having to pay attention to the different stages and check in with your body and depending on the surgery that you had, I think you had the sleeve, right? Yes. Right. And so did I. And so it's like, that's, that's a difficult surgery. It's a, it's, it's a surgery where you still have to really pay very close attention. I really wanted to get the lap band because I I was like, I'm, I'm only 410 and I only need to lose like, you know, 200 pounds. That's just lap banded up. Let's do it. Yeah, and then and uh, I think it was Kaiser or Anthem at the time was like, "Oh, we don't do lap bands anymore because everyone who does a lap band comes back and does the sleeve." Yeah. so we're just we're sleeve. Yeah, <laughs> save some money there and save you some time. So we'll do sleeve or we'll do Ruin Y, and you qualify for Ruin Y. But then my doctor was like, "You could pick." My surgeon was like, "You could pick whichever one you want," and I was like, "Well, <laughs> if I pick Ruin Y." There's nowhere to go but yeah. ruin why. But if I pick sleeve and I fuck it up or something happens or then I get um, indigestion or heartburn or whatever, then mm -hmm. I can flip. And also, I don't like taking a bunch of pills. So yeah. right now, I'm, I'm like two gummies and a pill a day and I'm straight. So I don't have to – I don't fuck with any of that shit. But like also, I wasn't taking a calcium supplement uh, at all. Uh, so I do, sorry, I do two gummies, a pill, and then I do a calcium chew at night. But I wasn't doing that at all. And then like Allison and Courtney got real mad at me and they were like, hey, dum-dum, you got to take it. And then I talked to my nutritionist and she was like, yeah. Um, I'm like, but my blood work is showing calcium. And she's like, yeah, because it will steal it from your bones. Yeah. So so you need you, you need to supplement. Density, you know? Yeah, yeah. You don't want osteoporosis at the tender age of 55. And I was like, I'm very fear motivated. So that that's it. But, but but my point is, the skills that we learn through bariatric surgery and living this life that we live now are the skills that we take into the rest of our lives and we become better human beings about it. Whether it's 
financial skills, whether it's educational skills, whether it's parenting skills, friendship skills, or whether it's just life skills in general of like what's important to you. I tell people all the time now with limited real estate in my stomach, my food journey now has become quality over quantity. So when I try something, I do I try it. I'll have a bite of it. And if I don't like it, I won't eat it. Whereas before, I would finish it and then go, did you like it? And I go, no, 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 no. Now I need to have dinner. But yeah. <laughs> the meal before the meal. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the fattest moments I ever had in my life. Went to a drive-thru. Don't even remember. Couldn't even tell you. Whatever. Let's just say McDonald's. That was like my go-to. Double cheeseburger meal. Got the drink. Drove out of the McDonald's. Going home. Finished two cheeseburgers and the fries and the drink. And I was like, there's another McDonald's right there. And I just... Pulled right in, got the same fucking meal. You you and, double McDonald's. You double McDonald's. I bang banged McDonald's, but also I had to hide the original McDonald's bag so that the person working at McDonald's, like they give a fuck, yeah, wouldn't judge me. Like you already have like that's the conversation that in my head is like the person's gonna look in my car, see that I have McDonald's and go. Sir, you already have a bag of McDonald's. Have you already eaten at McDonald's? You can't possibly have McDonald's. Yes. Bitch, it's my food, my money. You know what I mean? Like, what do you care? You're not my anything. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're my dealer. Just give me my drugs. I'll give you the worst. My brother learned this from McDonald's. <laughs> like, talk about like the moves of the fat community. Um, <laughs> when you're obese, like it was one of those of my brother was good up. He didn't want to pay for McDonald's every day, so he would get in the McDonald's drive-through line. And yeah. then when it was like you go to the call order and you say, "Hey, I was just in line. I need to get ketchup," and then they'll be like, "Oh, okay." So then. <laughs> He wouldn't have an order in, and he would just take whatever the next person's order is. Oh, that's when you brilliant. go up to the line, they'll be like, hey, like two Big Macs, family meal, 20-piece nugget. He's like, yeah, send it, perfect. Yep, send it all over and drive off. And it would mess up the entire <gasps> McDonald's line. Because it's not like they're going like, oh, a white Ford Taurus. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. They're just shoveling out like, is this your meal? Yes. Okay, here you go. Yeah, yeah. So my brother would go, we'd call it fishing. You would oh, go God. fishing. From like McDonald's to Wendy's to Burger King, and that would be an afternoon. You would just do straight up like oh my god places on that, and that was like a hobby. Yeah, like essentially stealing food. <laughs> yeah, it's I okay. Mean, they, they all make billions of dollars in profits. Yeah, I know, and it's it's not like the next person in line is like, oh, you're now that was it. That was the last fish fillet you had on Friday. There's no, yeah, there's no exactly. more fish fillets. You're all out. No, it's just now everyone else in that McDonald's yeah, yeah. orders are jacked for the rest of their life. Yeah, that's why you don't keep going back into that line over yeah, and over again. You gotta, well, yeah, then, you gotta spread it out. Yeah, like any addict, then you realize like the McDonald's, <laughs> like if a McDonald's got keen on us, like finally they'd be like, "Do you have your receipt for your order?" And it would be like one of those, like, "Nah," and then it's like, "Oh, okay." But yeah, I'm always surprised that more people don't steal from the Starbucks uh, to go area. They're just like, they just make a bunch of drinks that you pre-ordered and then you're going to come in and pick them up. And it's like, why, why wouldn't you, if you were, you know, fiending for, not that Starbucks coffee is the best coffee. Also proud sponsor of the, Yes. My gastric sleeve podcast. I, I don't think anyone's sponsoring me anytime soon. So it's pretty good and easy to be like, oh, I'm going to dunk on half these companies. But yeah, I don't. To me, I just I'm always surprised at like the level of like there's a few things that give like that kind of reignite my faith in humanity. Um, seeing food on a counter and people not um, going for it. Not yeah. like not just grabbing it and saying "fuck you," I'm this is mine now, and then leaving because you can't do it. What are you going to do? You're just going to be like, "Hey, you, she took my shit," and they're like, "What did you order? I'll make you another one." No yeah, one's like chasing Chipotle, down. Chipotle has like full shelves of. Oh yeah, that's go. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all, like that's where I realize I have a problem with food. It's like <laughs> I sit there and I think it's a Latanza heist from like good. Like, <laughs> they got like fifty sacks of burritos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can have all the burritos I want. I think about that. 
that's one. Another one uh, to me is uh, uh, when people defensive drive, like if like because I always imagine just a little old lady walking with a cane across the street, and then there's like a, a car at a stop sign, and they're stopping for way longer, and then you go to kind of roll through or you go to like get up in there, and then you see this old lady, so then you stop, and then the the car next to you sees you stopped and they stop. And you're like, oh, okay, we're all like actually paying attention, and we're human beings here. Yeah, that's we're all nice. good human beings. That's, that's good. And the third one is the the flashing light. The um, you know, when the power goes out, and then the yeah. the signals go either flashing or they're they're just yeah. off, and then everyone just acts like it's a stop sign. And is it sometimes it gets real shitty in there. Mm-hmm. And I talk a lot of shit when I'm in that intersection because I'm like, no, 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 it is my turn, and then it is your like this motherfucker yeah. can hear me. Exactly. But the fact that there's no accidents there and everyone just kind of waits there to every now and again, you get an asshole like goes behind the car that just went in front of them. And you're like, that's not right. You're a dick. But right. everyone else is acting accordingly. And that, and that brings, you know, faith, faith in humanity back. See, see, basically that, that if you met my wife, my wife is the mother Teresa of driving by that definition. She's that person. <laughs> it's why, it's why I don't like driving with her. She, she gets out her white gloves. <laughs> no, 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 there's no white gloves because they're waving, waving everyone out. Oh, you're at the intersection. Go walk baby geese let's go let's get them all hey that car looks like they were stopped at this thing uh, like there's no white to let them out yeah yeah i'll yeah. let you out Kate yeah yeah we'll let anyone out just put them all through <laughs> just waving no point of what's the matter we got church started five minutes ago it's okay this is the lord's work we're doing on our way here they'll understand like oh. i'll be honest that's that's more important than church I mean, li- I, listen, take it with a grain of salt. I'm an atheist, so don't yeah. <laughs> don't quote yeah. me I'm, on what's important with church. I'm a church. Catholic, so I'm pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> give it to I me actually, in an hour, give it to me in Latin. I don't care. Just let me get my wafer so that I can say I did something good this week. I don't. I didn't know. I used to go to Catholic church a bunch, and I loved it so much. Were it, you bored? Yeah, uh, yeah. Kind of, well, no, I'm just yeah. really curious about religion, and I love, like, churches and 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 i love philosophy and i feel like religion is just basically philosophy plus god yeah and i just was like this is so cool everyone was so nice and friendly and and uh and i wanted to participate so like you know you gotta do do the holy water when you walk in i did that and then you gotta do the kneel before you go and it's a lot of observation too so like you're like you want to like fit in you don't want to be the outlier so you're like okay so you get on one knee and you cross yourself you go sit in the pew and then you do this i had all these little moments and then I had two uh, really funny moments in a Catholic church. And the, the first one is, is, is I, um, I was there and we're, they're were doing the, the wafers, the, you know, the, you know, yeah. they're giving out bo- the body of Christ. Yeah. And so we're standing in line and uh, the guy, like two guys in front of me does it and he sticks his tongue out. The priest puts it on his tongue. And then the guy in front of me puts his hands Cr- crisscross over his yeah. chest. Oh yeah. And then the priest doesn't give him a cracker, but instead he, bless- he blesses his forehead. Yeah. And I was like as a person who doesn't quite understand what this cracker is all about, the blessing feels like more important to me than the cracker does cuz I'm not hungry so much as I'd like a blessing from a priest. So yeah. then I walk up there, I do the crisscross, he blesses my forehead, and then I fuck off. And there's no conversation. There's not like, hey, how long have you been at this parish? Or, no, because uh, Catholicism really doesn't want you to talk. It's it's really <laughs> like, it's, it's more of like you're... No, no, that's here. not true. Once a week in a booth, they want you to fucking oh, spill yeah. your guts. Exactly. The confessional. <laughs> yeah. So then I talked to a friend of mine, and they were like, yeah, so like, if you haven't had your confession then you can't take the body of Christ. And so then you, you, that's how you do the cross on your chest. So you don't take it because it wouldn't mean anything. And then the, the priest just bless your forehead. No, you can, well, you, you have to, <laughs> no, he was a little off. Educate me. So, yeah. So I'm the actually, media. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I know. I'm actually a Eucharistic <laughs> minister. So you receive your, I, I let that one slide for a little bit. Amy. But don't worry. You're good. Um, so, uh, yeah, you're going to burn in hell because you took it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's you receive your sacraments. So, like, baptism is like you you get stomped into the church. Like, we dunk you in water. We throw oil, chrism on you. And, like, now officially you're a baby. You have no idea. And then um, 
your next sacrament, you do confession, and that's where you confess all your sins. So that's like your your sinning car wash, which is why Catholicism is great. Um, you do that, like you're forgiven in God's eye. So it's like I can be a scumbag, and as long as I go once a year and I confess on my deathbed, like I'm kind of good. Because you can always tack on like, hey, and anything I forgot to mention now, uh, if I could be forgiven for that. And they accept that. So it's yeah, like, but wasn't that the whole, I mean, not to get too deep into the religion thing, even though like I would very gladly just make this a fucking religion podcast, but yeah. um, wasn't that just the whole point of Jesus though? Was that he just died yeah. for all your sins? So you don't exactly. need to go and confess once a week. Yeah, I feel yeah, like they're just, the priests are just taking notes and going to the local mob and going, all right, so Vincenzo was in here last week yeah. and he mentioned something about a drug deal. No, they legally, We'd like a they're piece. legally sworn. They can't share anything. Like they, they oh, Rob. No, they can't be subpoenaed. Oh, sweet, sweet Rob. I'm not saying they're telling the cops. I'm saying that they're telling the, the rival oh, yeah. mafiosos. But yeah, that's that's kind of the beauty of like church with everything. Is like I always do the blanket, like in all things I forget to mention now as like the catch all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like so I'll give like the it's kind of like those cookie. We go back to the cookie reference, like oh, yeah. like yeah, I had one cookie, and it's like and for any other calories I might have had when I came yeah up, yeah or that I failed to recall <laughs> right now, and it's like I know exactly what I did, but um no, th- then you get um first holy communion. My youngest daughter just got it this year. Oh, uh, congrats. Yeah, so it's like you, you have a special mass, you're blessed, and then you can officially receive communion forever. So, Lovely. Or until you get divorced, and then you're not allowed to receive communion ever again. So, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, yay, marriage. No, I. Uh, it's really interesting, because there, so there, there's a beautiful little Catholic church in, um, in La Habra, where I grew up, and it's mm-hmm. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yeah. Funnily enough. A Catholic and church named Our Lady of Guadalupe. Can you imagine? imagine. Can you believe was, it? Was St. Joseph's taken? <laughs> there's a St. Joseph's around the corner. <laughs> yeah, no shit, Nima. There's a St. Joseph. You can't go anywhere in a Catholic community without a St. Joseph somewhere. Oh, Jojo? Yeah, we're yeah. good friends. Me and Joey, we go back. Exactly. So so I go to this Our, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and I love this church. I grew up in La Habra, and so I grew up at, at going past this church a bunch by my school and i love it it's gorgeous and it has stained glass windows on either side and has all the saints and my favorite saint is saint michael because he's like a fucking archangel and he's got a sword and he's like he's a badass also john travolta played him in the movie Ah, you stole it i was gonna (laughs) say it's my least favorite john travolta (gasps) no sir look who's talking is is your least favorite john travolta movie I think technically Broken Arrow is, but Michael isn't much further off. I mean, Face Off is also a fucking shit show of a movie. If it yeah, wasn't in, for in, in the best ways possible, like, Face Off <laughs> is like a guilty back? pleasure of like, hey, how are we going to rob from people? Well, I'm going to steal their face, and I'm going to look exactly like the other person with their face. Well, what do we do with the other guy who now has no face? Well, we'll give him my face. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll swap together. If you're still listening to this, uh, whenever this comes out, <laughs> we've literally covered everything from Catholicism, history, and uh, face-off and bariatric surgery. And John Travolta. Yeah. Yes. So he so uh so anyway, so I go to this church and, and St. Michael's there, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. It was like summertime, Wednesday afternoon. I'm gonna walk in there and um, I'm gonna pray in the pew that St. Michael's stained glass is, and I'm gonna pray in his light it's gonna be great so i go in there there's a light shining on saint michael's stained glass and i go and i sit and i kneel and i start close my eyes and i clasp my hands together and i start you know god please uh this is before i was an atheist obviously but you know god please protect my family and do this and this and all of a sudden i hear this like very angelic singing happening like almost like uh uh, like this. Oh, perfect. Yeah, you could be you can be Catholic. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're stomped in. So I'm like, I swear to you, Rob. I'm a I'm a humble dude. I my humility is like my best trait. I am the most humble guy. So good at being humble. Yeah. I'm the humblest. But in that moment, I was I number like, seven eighty nine of hum- humility right there. <laughs> You ever and, seen uh, Popstar? 
No, but I no, but I need to because I yeah. feel like it. The the top song is "I'm So Humble." And oh yeah, it, no, I've heard that song. Literally. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's me. <laughs> That's a hundred percent me. I'm the one so, who your mom if she is if she's your sister yeah like that's <laughs> so humble. So I'm I'm expecting to turn around and it's gonna be like an angel behind me who's gonna tell me like I'm the next prophet like this is this is what's happening. There's no other version of what could possibly be happening. I open my eyes. There's a priest and a nun at the front of the church, just like they were before. There's a guy vacuuming at the front of the church, just like he was before. Nobody's bothered. But there were two dudes behind me that were praying. And I remember thinking, I'm going to turn around. They're going to both have turned into angels, and they're going to like guide me on my next path and how I'm the voice of God now. I turn around. The dudes are still there praying. I hear the noise again. I look up. And in the back of the church, there's a second story, which I wasn't aware of because I never looked up. Yeah. And uh, it was the choir that was rehearsing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we hide our uh, choirs. We put them in the back, and we put them up top, and we put them, we mic them up. But to me, still being a person who's always looking for a sign and a meaning and a reason and a thing, I was like, "This is God's message to me to like calm down." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I, and I think you know, as much as I like dunking on the Catholic Church, there is something to say of. Like we go to mass every week. Yeah. Uh, Our kids are in Catholic school. And I think there's something to say of like just having some time, no matter what race, creed, color, religion you have, like taking an hour out of your week where you just reflect or sit in silence. Isn't the worst thing ever. And it's really become one of my favorite, you know, parts of the week. So it is honest to God. I have, so much like just general stress in my life and it usually takes a house of god to remind me of what i need but i've had it where i'm driving my car and i'm stressed out about shit and then i go to this buddhist temple and i meditate for like 10 minutes and i drink a tea and have a cookie and i'm like oh that's that's what it was i just needed to fucking slow down a bit or we, my wife and I went to England and we were like running around and doing all this shit. And then we went to a, um, a shaker uh, uh, religious service and mm-hmm. uh, either Quaker or shaker. I don't remember, but definitely Quaker, not candlestick Quakers maker. Make the, Quakers make the oats. Shakers make uh, uh, they actually do make candlesticks. Shakers are like, no, like Wenix is made for oh, that's right. You're a history teacher. I forgot. The shakers actually do our candlestick makers. Like they make products. Who's the one that sits in a circle and doesn't say boo? Who's that? Oh, Quakers. Quakers. So it's a Quaker thing. It's Quaker house. Yeah. We go in there. Everyone's sitting in a circle. And all of a sudden, one guy stands up and goes, I saw a hummingbird uh, drinking from a flower today. And I thought, that's such a beautiful representation of God. And it made me happy. And then he sits down. And then no one says fucking shit for like another 10 minutes. And I was like, this is, I fucking fell asleep twice. At least. Maybe three times. You ever see uh, Billy Madison? (laughs) No. Oh my God. We got to get you like a Netflix account or something. No, I have Netflix. You just got to give me a list of shit to watch, man. I watch every, I watch all the terrible stuff. Yeah, you should be able to get this down. Come on, Nima. You got some time. Never seen Happy Gilmore. Never seen Billy Madison. You got to get on that, man. You got to get on that. But uh, long story short, there's one scene where like he has to repeat like the third grade. And he's like, I drew a blue duck because I never saw a blue duck. And the teacher's just like, that's good. And then we move on to the next grade. That's right. And I use that for every time. That's like a Quaker circle. He's like, yeah, I... I almost wish it was more of like an airing of the grievances. I feel like it's all we set for that from Seinfeld, where I just wish in a Quaker revival, you'd see like some person be like, you know, I got a lot of problems with you, Nima. And now that we're all here, I'm going to list them out. I wish. I love that shit. Get it out. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I really do speak my mind and then let the chips fall. And then I feel like at least I can walk away knowing that I've caused some damage to someone, but I, I can sleep easy at night. So... I'm so sure I'm a narcissist. No, you're not. 
Now, listen, I do. I, I we're gonna wrap things up, and I've I've held you longer than I should, and uh, I need to go walk, and you probably need to go hit some weights or do something. You know, no, I did. I did that at five. I'm. I just have clients. Jesus. Go grocery shopping today. Oh yeah, I. Th- this is my life. This is like afternoon to me. <laughs> Um, is there a, a website that you have or yes. what is it? Tell, we'll plug all your, all the things. Uh, uh, Busybariatrics.com. Uh, if you're interested in nutrition and fitness coaching, uh, message me. I'm only taking a couple more clients right now because I'm going back to school. So, um, you know, like just get a hold of me before September. I kind of disappear at that point for a little bit. But, um, if you're looking for that, DM me at my weight is history and, uh, I guess I'm trying to think what else I'm doing. Um, just be you bariatric awards. I'll be co-hosting that. Oh yeah. I'm speaking at the bariatric retreat in San Antonio in November. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Hopefully I get that's awesome. Yeah. it should. Are you up for any, uh, any awards at JBY? Yes. I think I'm up for best men's fitness again and then, uh, best live series. So we'll see. That's cool. Yeah. And you go live every Monday, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should probably put that, too. Um, every other Monday <laughs> is Men's Support Monday, um, where we feature people who have been in the bariatric community and just showcases kind of like what it's like to be a man in there, as well as what the lifestyle can be. And then the other Mondays are Maintenance Monday, where I showcase uh, the amazing women in our community who have built a healthy and sustainable lifestyle after bariatric surgery. That's awesome. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for your time and thank you for all your stories. I really appreciate it. Um, please stay on. You haven't burned anyone. <laughs> oh, no, we're fine. No, my listeners are dope. Uh, so, yeah, just stay on after I do the goodbye thing and then we'll we'll chat offline. But yeah. um, thank you so much to Rob for being here. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate you. Please follow him on My Weight Is History on Instagram. And go to busybariatrics.com to follow him and uh, maybe get some um, some training of your own. Uh, this episode comes out August 1st. Uh, we are sunsetting this uh, in April of 2024. So if you have any suggestions or requests or any guests you want to see on the show, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm at Nima Speaks across all social media. I love you all and I will see you next month. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to the My Gastric Sleeve podcast. If you liked what you heard, subscribe, give us a five-star review, and share it with a friend. Please follow us on all social media at My Gastric Sleeve Podcast, or let us know what you think at mygastricsleevepodcast.com. 